Hi, I'm Tony Stubblebine, founder and CEO of The Lift App, and you are listening to The App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast, straight from your host, Paul, The App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, The App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp, and I am just thrilled because I have an amazing guest. It has been three quarters of a year in the making this episode, and we've um, we've just so fortunate to have uh, his time. Uh, his name is James Malinchak, and you must have heard of him, but if you haven't, then uh, just go and think about all those people you saw on uh, ABC's hit TV show, uh, The Secret Millionaire, and he's on there. Uh, he's a self-made millionaire. He's uh, just a well-respected figure in the industry. Uh, I'm thrilled that he's going to talk to us about freedom uh, and about things that we could be doing uh, as entrepreneurs to, to live a fulfilled and free life. So, James, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Now, I would love to talk about this topic that we all uh, endeavor to live. Uh, you know, as app developers, we have a, a Mac Book Pro, and we live anywhere in the world because we just live on our uh, this, the income from our apps. Uh, freedom is a very big part of it. I'd love to hear your thoughts about freedom and and how we can really you know live a very f- uh, free and fulfilled life. Well, you hit the nail on the head. The key word for any entrepreneur in business, and the reason I believe entrepreneurs are in business is for freedom. It's not to make money. Uh, I know a lot of people, as you probably do too, who work for large companies who uh, do very well financially. They have you know, great, great salaries, great incomes, great bonus structures. Uh, they have uh, all the amenities, all the expenses, the expense account, the you know, medical insurance, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yet uh, I have a friend who's, who fits this to a T, and yet you know, she can't take off at 2 o'clock to go have lunch with me during a weekday. You know, so uh, I believe that we as entrepreneurs – become entrepreneurs for one reason, and that is freedom, to have the freedom to do whatever you want, to do when you want, whatever you want, when you want, with whom you want, anytime you want. Um, and, and so I'm a big, big believer in managing the freedom as well as you can so that you don't have energy vampires, time vampires, and people stealing, and let me say that again, stealing your freedom. So if you always remember why we go into business as entrepreneurs, and if you agree that it's for the freedom, then you start to safeguard your freedom. So let me give uh, your listeners, Paul, a question to ask yourself. I, I live my entire life by this question. I run my entire business by this question, and every business that I'm involved with, or any joint venture or affiliate that I'm considering uh, getting involved with, any project whatsoever, I always ask one simple question. And the answer is a C or C answer. And here's the question. Is what I'm doing or considering doing or is the person I'm considering doing it with, uh, partnering with, joint venturing with, etc., will this person or will this thing contribute to my freedom or contaminate my freedom? Uh, it's a very simple question because if you if you understand the premise that as an entrepreneur you are in business for freedom, then you should be uh, deciding what you do or do not do or whom you do partner with or do not partner with 
you, you should be deciding whether that's contaminating or will contaminate or is contributing or will contribute to your freedom. And it's a very simple question, but I think so many people uh, overlook it. And uh, I, I make every single decision by that. And I really uh, suggest that anyone listening, you know, when you're running your business, I don't care what market or niche or industry you're in. Very simple question. Is what you're doing contaminating or contributing, contributing to your freedom? You know, James, that's, uh, I mean, obviously a phenomenal w- uh, question to ask. And I'd love to know when you last asked that, you know, give us some examples, because I think it's sometimes very hard for us to see the, uh, you know, the wood for the trees kind of thing, because at the end of the day, you know, we, we, I guess we have to make money and uh, we, we have to serve our clients and build these apps and, you know, a lot, so many things. It's hard to stay on point. So would you be able to give us an example of when you've actually, uh, you know, asked that question and, and, and how, how you've actually dealt with those situations? Oh, sure. And, and, and this is going to be specific to one of my businesses. So uh, anyone listening, you know, don't don't discard it and say, oh, well, that that's not my business. No, it's the concept that I want you to catch and the principle. So uh, I, I do these speaker trainings, uh, Big Money Speaker, how to become a big money speaker. You can find it at bigmoneyspeaker.com. Uh, we, you know, we do about every six months and we get nice size audiences, 700 plus folks from all over the world. I mean, we've helped folks in, I think, 40 some countries now. Very blessed to do that. And basically it teaches people how to live their mission of helping, serving, uh, take their story, their message, their how-to advice, their wisdom, and get it out to the world and impact people's lives, but become a big money speaker doing it so that you get highly paid. Well, as you can imagine, when you have successful events, you get approached by a lot of potential joint venture partners. And a lot of folks would love to speak at my event because it's a great audience. You know, anybody who's who's getting 500, 6, 7, 800 people to an event uh, consistently a few times a year, I mean, that's that's a really nice audience to be in front of. And, and a lot of folks at that event could purchase the joint venture partners product at the end of their talk. Well, so I get approached all the time, Paul, and, and there are there are some nice people who approach me who I like them. I like their information and the content that they teach, but I would never in a million years put them in front of my students because they uh, don't have operations in place to handle orders properly or uh, they take too long to get back to customers who purchase uh, and answer questions. So their, their deliverable or their customer service is not of excellence and quality. So Therefore, now my team or my company will have to step in and handle a lot of the stuff they should be handling, which means now I'm thinking about it, I'm putting my time and my attention towards something. So basically, by having this person speak on my stage at one of my events, it will contaminate my freedom. I like them. They're nice people. Uh, great content, but they're going to contaminate my freedom because they don't know how to run a business the right way and take care of people who buy. So – I cannot and will not have certain people on my stage simply for the fact that, you know, it's going to be a nightmare 30, 60, 90 days after the event when I've got to put my time, energy and effort and I have to have my team direct their time, energy and effort away from my business and on to satisfying customers because the person didn't deliver on what was supposed to be delivered. 
So therefore, they're contaminating my freedom, if you think of it that way. Well, James, so that's, a, that's just such that's a great point. <laughs> such a great point. And you know, actually, it's one of the reasons why I set this podcast up, because I was dealing with a lot of people that were contaminating my freedom, building, I was building apps for people that I did not like working for. And uh, I decided to launch a podcast, gain authority in a space. And now we have you know, a worldwide network of uh, listeners called the Apps to Tribe. Uh, listening to your every word and uh, we're, we're obviously blessed because the, the, it's just great to, uh, content you're coming out with and wh- what I'd like to do my common question to uh, uh, the 170 or guests that we've had on the, this series uh, is uh, we'd like to try and think of an app idea from you now I'm going to ask you straight out James I mean you know you've you obviously got a smartphone I'm hoping you use a smartphone uh, have you ever thought um, of an app idea or an app, an app that you thought oh, that could be that could work really well? Have you have you ever, you know, come oh, across? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, for me, uh, one of my core businesses that I focus on now is really teaching people, you know, how to become what I call big money speakers. So, and I have, I've been doing this. Gosh, I just. I just added it up not too long ago. I've been doing this for over 15 some years now, which it just, it was by accident. I never planned on it because I've done a ton of talks for companies and various universities, et cetera. And that, that's kind of what I did. But then all these folks years ago started asking me, how the heck do you do that? And how are you successful? You're not famous. You didn't fall off an airplane and live. You know, <laughs> you didn't have a movie made about your life. You didn't have a number one New York Times bestselling book, but yet you book more talks than anybody. And so what happened, Paul, was 15 some years ago, I started teaching this. So my point being, uh, I just added up all the years that I've been doing this, and it's over 15 years. And we video and audio just about every single thing I do and everything I've done in the past 15 years. And I literally have probably thousands and thousands of hours of content. So I've often thought, well, gosh darn, I got to get an app cranking for myself because, you know, we have, I think, close to 130,000 people on our, in our database. And how many of those folks could I be pushing great information and content out to, to add more value to them? So absolutely have thought about an app. Okay, well, it sounds like I mean you are speaking with a, a bunch of indie app developers. We build apps for a living, and uh, it, it does sound like uh, that would be very valuable for you because I'm, I can imagine from your reach that you get a lot of uh, frequently asked questions, and just to be able to refer people to an app and in a specific location within the app where that content exists would answer their question. That that would be an awesome resource for you. Oh, absolutely! It sounds great. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we should build that for you. Um, the other thing we like to ask is, uh, as it, given that this is the App Guy podcast, we, we'd love to know how you get through the day. You're incredibly busy. You've got the 130,000 people plus uh, on your list. You're, you're doing these big money speaking events. You must be very well organized. How do you actually use apps in your day to day life? I do, but not only that, I have trained those who uh, work directly with me on things to use apps as well. You know, so, um, so so let me kind of take the big picture. The way I'm able to get everything done or a lot of stuff done is because I don't do most of it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you can't do everything and, and think you're going to grow your business. So you have to have, as an entrepreneur, you must have boundaries and you must have expectations on what you do 
and what folks who uh, work with you do. And it doesn't have to be that you have employees. It could all be outsourced. But if you have everything uh, clearly outlined on who's responsible for what, it's actually pretty easy to get a lot of stuff done. And you systematize and you automate. Uh, and a big one is you eliminate rework. So the things that you're doing again and again and again, those all should be eliminated and that should all be systematized and automated. Um, so that's the first part. That's kind of how I get everything done and we schedule everything. Um, I also schedule tons of free days all throughout the year and I schedule those first so that, you know, I probably take more time off. You know, usually I don't work on Mondays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, unless I'm speaking somewhere. So I usually do all of my work on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. You know, so uh, how do I do that? Well, because I schedule Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off first every every month as best I can because there are certain times where I speak on weekends. But to me, that's fun. That's not really doing work. But if I do consulting or interviews like today, it's usually on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. So. Um, I, I highly suggest anyone listening do that. And as far as the app part, well, sure, I use app all the time, you know. Um, but for example, I'm not constantly on there doing the app, if you will, using the app because I've trained like my travel agent knows which airlines I prefer to fly. And she, even if she's not home on her computer, she's out. She's got her phone. She's got the app going. She can book my travel right there on the spot on her phone. So. Uh, yes, I use apps, but train you, yeah. other train others <laughs> with you to use apps. It sounds very sensible, James. I must admit, <laughs> get everyone else to use them as well. And uh, what, what what phone is it you carry? I have the iPhone. Is it the did you upgrade to the iPhone six? Because that must uh, fit you quite well with uh, you know the size of manual. Yes, exactly. It's like a big uh, tennis racket carrying it around. Yeah, but I can imagine <laughs> you're one of the few people that can use that one-handed, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And I mean, we've had on this show, James, uh, the uh, a lot of people who have actually been inspired by the guests and have decided to quit their nine to five job, you know, pursue uh, a, a career in, as a solopreneur, an entrepreneur working for startups. What would you say to those people that are on the fence right now and just thinking, is it the right decision to make? What well, could you give some guidance to what, what so they should be thinking about before jumping ship? Yeah, uh, there, there's an old line that's been around forever that says "jump and the net will appear." Right? I believe that is a bunch of baloney and garbage. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, I've jumped many times, Paul, probably like you, without. A sound strategy and without thought I've acted on emotion and I've crashed just about every time so um, I don't think you should just you know um, do things without strategic thought behind it that that'd be the first thing because you know like let's say that you're working a job and you have uh, let's say a, a wife or husband and three children and all of a sudden you decide to just quit and go with the startup that, for the hopes that it might work. Well, I'm all for going for your dreams and goals. But in reality, you know, you have a family that you've got to think of strategically before you take this jump, this leap, if you will, versus somebody who might be single who doesn't have responsibilities to other 
people like family members where it might be more sensible to go ahead and take that leap now. Also, age is a factor. Uh, debt is a factor. I see a lot of people jump uh, and go to try to, to latch on to the, 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 the dream, if you will. And there's so much in debt that when they go and do this betting on the what if, they get more in debt and financially they just go down the drain. So I think the real answer for anybody listening is it depends. And it really depends on your situation. Not saying that you shouldn't do it, but I'm suggesting that you put strategic thought into it because every single person's situation is unique and different. And you must think logically and realistically about your situation before you ever uh, jump fast or you jump slower over time uh, because it's more of a, a strategic decision to do it longer. Well, that's words of wisdom. And I think we can take away a lot from that, James, because at the end of the day, uh, so many app developers get themselves into debt, startup founders. Uh, we've had guests that have burned through $100,000 a month uh, trying to build out apps and teams. And uh, that's why I've been interviewing a lot of people on Kickstarter, because that seemed to be like a very credible way, a strategic way of getting market validation and funding uh, before you actually end up uh, building your idea on an, on an app uh, for an iPhone or an Android. Uh, have you uh, come across any other ways of uh, getting funding that you could um, you know, give us some advice on? Yeah, well, and can I just piggyback before I answer that? Can I piggyback on something you just said? Yeah, sure. Because I think it would be helpful for your folks listening. Um, years ago, I got called to go visit. I live in Las Vegas here in the United States, and I, I got called to go visit with this attorney because I was referred to him by a mutual friend. And usually I don't go and meet with anybody. Yeah, you know, I've done coaching and consulting for a long time, probably helped over a thousand different folks over the years. All kind, I can't even add up how many industries. But usually they must come to me and they come to my house. And I mean, it's all centered around me. So here's another great time management and productivity strategy. You should set up your whole business around you because the businesses should support your life and how you like to live. Your life and how you like to live shouldn't support the business. So, you know, folks come to me. They fly to Las Vegas. They come to my house. I don't drive to an office. I don't do any of that because that's just what I choose to do and how I choose to set it up. But because this person was referred, a friend, a good friend who hired me actually for a lot of business, asked me if I would go meet with a friend of his who was an attorney. So I did it uh, because of this person who asked me. This, this attorney I went to meet with left a big firm, a secure job, and went out, just what we're talking about, on his own to start his own law firm. So I go to meet with the person, and uh, he just opened the doors. They've been, I guess, working about three or four weeks at the time. He walks me around. He shows me the offices. He shows me the uh, two-story building with probably 20 different offices. No attorneys yet in there because he hadn't hired folks. But there are the, the wood in there and the legal books and you know the wooden desk, the nice fancy schmancy mahogany wood and you know shows me the uh, receptionist area, introduces me to receptionist, you know gold plated type business card holder thingies on the desk and shows me his parking spot with his name painted on it. And so he walks me around for about a half hour or so and then we go into his office and we sit down and he said, so what do you think? 
To which I said, I'm going to ask you one question and how you answer, I'll tell you if you're going to be out of business in 12 to 18 months. And he, he said, what? And I said, well, you heard me. Usually, Paul, when people say what, they heard you. They just didn't want to hear what you said. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, uh, well, I said, you heard me, but let me just share it again that I'm going to ask you one question. And how you answer, I will tell you whether you're going to be out of business in 12 to 18 months. I said, here's the question. I said, man, this place is amazing. You have this two-story building. I mean, here in the U.S., you're probably paying $20,000 a month for this just to lease it out. I mean, all these offices and fancy computers and parking space, you know, receptionists. I mean, wow, I can't even imagine probably at least $30,000 a month here in the U.S. just to have all this. I said, here's my question. How are you going to get people to walk through the door and give you money for your services? Paul, there was dead silence. I said, you know, seems to me I would have figured that out before I went and got all this stuff and quit my job. That's the most important thing. So what does this mean for anyone listening who's an entrepreneur? Maybe you, you want to start your own app development company. Well, all that's wonderful and your skills, your talents are fantastic. But hear me, nothing is more important and matters more than if you know how to get and keep customers. If you don't have a plan for that, don't jump ship and start your own business until you figure that out first. A lot of people, they want to get so engrossed in their talent and they're the best here. We'll use an example, the best app designer or you know the best whatever creator. You know what? That's fine, but you still got to figure out how to get people to purchase your stuff. And that, until you figure that out, that's more important than anything else. Oh, James, I wish I'd spoken to you five years ago, my friend, because uh, <laughs> I did exactly that. I'm that guy. I'm the attorney. I, you know, when you, because when you leave a position, I'd left a six figure salary position and you, you walk away with a lot of savings and you, you get really cocky and uh, arrogant and you think it's all about you. And, and you're right. You do kind of focus on everything apart from how are you going to get people to pay for your products and services, which is what you're clearly saying is the most important thing to focus on. So wonderful words of wisdom. I really endorse and resonate everything you're saying. Uh, you know, it just leaves me to say, I know we're going to, uh, you're a very busy man. So we want to make sure that we stick to the uh, schedule. And so I'm just going to ask you, is there anything you feel that we haven't covered in this session that you would uh, like to share with the Appster tribe that are listening to this? Well, yeah, let me give one more uh, sort of uh, Jamesism, if you will. Uh, this is what I try to teach all my students, and hopefully it'll help anybody listening. But, you know, when just always think, go for your dream. I just spoke in Hollywood to a bunch of, of actors, a whole group of top actors and actresses, and I told them the same thing. I said, I want you to go for your dream, pursue your dreams and goals, but do it realistically. Okay? And realistically, is kind of what we've been talking about here, that I want you to go out and whatever, if, if your dream is to be a, an app developer, have your own company and you know have uh, customers all around the world, God bless you, wonderful. I want you to do that, but do it realistically. You know, it comes back to what we were talking about. You don't want to go and burn through savings. You know, here in the US, we have, uh, we have a, a statistic that the majority of small businesses will be out of business in 12 to 18 months. 
12 to 18 months from starting the business. And that's because they don't do it realistically. You know, you get somebody who bakes cakes really well at a bakery and uh, their family says, oh, my gosh, you bake the greatest cakes. You should go start your own bakery. So they quit their job and they go start their own bakery because Aunt Sally at, at the dinner party said she makes great cakes and, and she should go quit the job. So she listens to Aunt Sally and goes starts her own bakery. But what she doesn't realize, it's not about baking cakes. It's about getting customers, getting them to come back in. You know, it's about P&L, profit and loss. It's about accounting. It's about running a business. You know, the cake baking is a small part. So I want you to always go after the goals and dreams you have, but do it realistically with thought in mind. And one of the worst things I could tell you, one of the worst things you could do is get deeply in debt and and keep going in debt, thinking that, you know, the, the grass is going to be greener as soon as I get over this mountaintop. You know, and, and most of the times I've found in the realities of the real world, that's just not so. The smart ones, the people who do it with strategic thinking in, in mind and strategic planning are the ones that usually make it, have less stress, have a thriving, successful business. Not, not to say that, you know, taking a shot at it and going for it can't, can't make it happen for you. But, you know, when we hear people who say, I just followed my passion and I made it, well, that's like – one in probably 10,000 that you hear about. The other, you know, 9,999 failed, but you never hear that reported. So I want you to think realistically. The math doesn't lie. Statistics don't lie. Debt doesn't lie. And you want to make sure that you just pursue things in a realistic manner. Well, I mean, that. Again, it's just like wonderful advice because, you know, baking cakes is a little bit like that analogy, but we can apply it to uh, the app world sure. and, and look at what we're, you know, up against. We're, we All we hear about are the billion dollar valuations and the uh, exit strategies uh, from the likes of WhatsApp and uh, Uber <laughs> and all these, all these wonderful apps that are just, you know, multi-billion dollar uh, companies from Silicon Valley. And of course, you know, we just... We have these developers who think, I can do that. And I, I get so many people come to me and say, uh, I've got this great idea. It's an Instagram, but it's this and that. And they just haven't thought through in, in reality. So I, what I'm taking away and what I'm learning from you, James, is to be you know, passionate, but also just have a dose of reality about what we're actually doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, again, I don't want I don't want anyone listening to not go for their goal, go for their dream. Absolutely. I want you to dream big and go for it. But please don't jump off the cliff without a parachute, so to speak. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and don't get the gold plated business cards. That seems very old fashioned now. Exactly. <laughs> James, how, how best can we reach out to you? I mean, you you, um, you mentioned bigmoneyspeaker.com. Is that the best way? How best can we connect uh, for people listening who you've inspired? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate it. Uh, definitely big www.bigmoneyspeaker.com. You could also find me on Facebook. Um, my name is James Malinchak, M-A-L-I-N-C-H-A-K. Also hit me up on Twitter, but I'd love to connect with anyone uh, listening. And if, and if you thought something was helpful, man, I appreciate it so much. Please do contact me if you didn't think anything was helpful. 
please don't con- contact me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, it depends if you contribute to our freedom, we'll take it away. But uh, I will say that, you know, you are speaking with a lot of uh, indie app developers and, uh, you know, I'm sure that someone's got ideas around all that wonderful 15 years of content that you've got that really needs to be in an app. Uh, all those speakers that you've got, you look at in the audience, they're all carrying iPhones and Android devices. They all want their content on apps. So uh, I guess app, an app for... Um, James Malinchak has has got to be a reality soon. Well, you know what? I I welcome any uh, uh, person who's interested in chatting further about it. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, James. Thanks for coming on the App Guy podcast. And uh, again, you know, all the best with uh, what you're getting up to. And thanks for sharing your content and, and your uh, inspirations to us. Oh, you kidding? Thank you, Paul. I really appreciate it. And man, I hope I get to meet you in person someday. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. Everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. And you can change it. You can influence it. You can build your own things that other people can use. The App Guy Podcast 